Welcome to Habit Masters. I'm Jeff. I'm Sheldon. And today we have a very exciting topic we want to cover. This one is more of a book review than a topic. It's a book called Thinking in Bets, and it has given us a new paradigm shift as far as how to approach decision making and good habits around how to get better at decision making. So, Sheldon, you want to kick us off and give us the overarching view here? (laughs) Yeah, we both love this book. And there's a few key concepts we're going to talk about today. So the main theme we want to particularly hit on today is this problem called resulting. And that's when you equate the quality of a decision with the quality of its outcome. It doesn't mean a bad result was a bad decision, but that's what we do. That's what resulting means, is that far too often, if things turned out well, we go, oh, I was great, good decision-making, things were awesome. And then when it goes bad, we blame it on luck. She talks about life is less like a game of chess where it's very mathematical. At some point in the grandmaster game, you can go back and pinpoint almost always where they went wrong, right? Mm -hmm. That is not life. Life is more like a game of poker where there's luck involved and you don't know what the other person has and you don't, you know, the decisions they do make are based off what they think you're going to do, right? That is what life is like. Yeah. And she has it in the subtitle of her book. It's called Thinking in Bets, Making Smarter Decisions When You Don't Have All the Facts. And this is by Annie Duke. Really good. She's an expert decision maker, world-renowned poker player, and goes around teaching this information all over the world. And it's really cool to think about. And she gives an example. So if you're confused at all about this concept, she gives an example at the first of her book about Coach Pete Carroll, who coaches the Seattle Seahawks. They were in the Super Bowl in 2015, right? Mm -hmm. And it came down to against the Patriots, of course, because who else are you playing in the Super Bowl? It's either the Patriots and somebody (laughs) else. So so they're playing the Patriots, came down to the final moments of the game, and the Seahawks have the ball to win. One yard. Yeah. uh, One yard, yard, right? (laughs) They're down by... One or two. I don't remember no. exact. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're a yard they're away down. from winning. Yeah. Yeah. They're a yard away from winning. They're down by a couple of points. And the, Pete Carroll decided to throw the ball. And of course they threw. No, of course. <laughs> there you go. Resulting. <laughs> you resulting they, there, Jeff. <laughs> but he unfortunately threw an interception. Seahawks lost the game. The rest is history. For weeks later, the news and everybody just said, worst play call in Super Bowl history, yada, 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 yada. And all talked about how terrible his play calling was that he should have just ran it up the middle with their all-star running back, right? Um, But in fact, if you had looked at the percentages, and she goes through these details in the book, but if you look at the percentages of success on a play like that, from the two-yard line or closer, there had not been one pass intercepted in the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. So very unlikely that the pass was going to be intercepted, number one. And what it also did for them is in, uh, anybody who knows football on an incomplete pass, no more time comes off the clock. And so you have a chance for another. Play. It was the second down. So the incomplete pass would still result in two more attempts. Yeah. He might have two more attempts to get the touchdown. But in this case, right, they, they took the ball back and it was over. And she just points out that. Not only did Pete Carroll understand this, he understood that just because the result was poor didn't mean the decision was poor. The rest of the world told him that was a terrible decision. And he got on the air a couple of weeks later and he basically said, like, I knew what I was doing. If the throw goes 
dead, then I can, I have two more chances to ram it in. Right. It's like right. worst case scenario, we get an interception. The likelihood of that was almost zero. Right? <laughs> yeah. A poor result, but not a bad decision. And so that's the way we really need to start reflecting and thinking about our life going forward is instead of thinking of everything as, oh, because it didn't work out, it must've been a bad decision. It's better to look at what's our process for decision-making and how can we make better decisions on a regular basis by thinking in bets. Yeah. So ultimately we want to help you reframe your mindset so that uh, a great decision is a result of your processes, your habits, rather than just the outcome. I mean, the outcome, hopefully from good habits and and good processes, the probability is much higher, but even when you have a 90% chance of things going great. There's still that 10% chance of luck, life, other people's decisions. It's going to blow up in your face, right? So we can't base the quality of the decision off the result. Exactly. And for whatever reason, when we're reading this book, I just felt like this paradigm shift in my own mind. I had never thought of it this way, right? Because I'm very guilty of resulting. (laughs) (laughs) We all are. I'm very guilty of of thinking, oh, well, it didn't work out. So it must not have been a good decision. But you start to see in most cases in life, that's not the case because you never have all the information and there's almost never a sure bet. I would say maybe never a sure bet in life. It's all a chance. It's all a bet. And it's all a matter of probabilities and percentages, just like Sheldon's saying. So it's better if we can go forward in life thinking, all right, if I have a good process, I'm much more likely to succeed, but there's always going to be elements I can't control that could impact the results. Like someone has a brilliant business idea. Why does TiVo, why did TiVo fail when, you know, that was obviously a great idea. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it was a great idea. Sound business decision. Why did Netflix work? And the blockbuster version didn't. There's an, there's an element of luck involved and chance involved in almost everything we do. And that's why she, she suggests that life is more like poker than chess, because you can't always know what's in the other person's hands. You, you can't always know what the world has to deliver to you, right? It's like, hey, you, you're going to run a marathon, but you get sick and you're unable to go on the day of. You may have done all the preparation, done everything you could have. And you're not going to say, because I didn't run on that day, that it was a bad decision to train and try and run a marathon, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. So life is not full of guarantees, even though we like to think that it is. We like to think in absolutes. We like to think that it's either going to work or it isn't. And very rarely is that the case. Like Sheldon said, it's more like, hey, I have an 80% chance of success. So there's a habit we want you to start forming here. And the one that we've been trying to practice ourselves uh, that she suggests in the book, which is to start thinking about everything in percentages and probabilities. Start looking at any decision you're making and think, okay, and, and talk that way. She says, instead of saying like, I really think it's going to work, be there's about an 80% chance this is, is going to succeed, right? And, and it forces you to really take a hard look at the details and, and see where the proof is. Like, okay, what do I know about this? What pieces do I control? And what's outside my control? And based on that, now obviously percentages can vary from person to person, but just by talking this way, you're going to start looking at the details a little harder and get a better idea of whether things are a good decision. There's a few things this this she talks about and, and goes into more detail about this, obviously, but everything from being able to reframe things from our mind 
too often we we beat ourselves up for like I was right or I was wrong. Like that's a lot harder pill to swallow than oh I was about sixty percent confident it would be like this. Now I'm only about forty percent confident it'll be like this, right? Yeah. And there's even the side benefits of you you're more trustworthy <laughs> when you you talk like this and you think like this, like and you're more confident in some ways because you understand that the the non absoluteness of a bet. And I would call a bet as a decision about an uncertain future. Yeah. I really like that example. Yeah. Uh, another good example that she gives in, in that regard is, is with a presidential campaign. Many of our most recent presidential campaigns have been very close. We're not going political on you. We're just telling you the facts here, right? It's like <laughs> there's been like a 50, 50 or a 40, 50 split on both of them. And everyone is shocked by the winner. <laughs> every time, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Trump beat Hillary. Like that was, how could that have happened? He had a 40% chance to win going into the the uh, election. So it's, there was a 40% chance. We all know that's a pretty high percentage. There's almost one out of two. Right? That he, had to, <laughs> he was he was very likely to win, but we're all shocked by by the results because we think that life is much more of this. What did you call it? Second ago, Sheldon, I liked the way you said it. We like to think in absolutes absolutes right or wrong and right or or a a fail or success it's like that's that's not necessarily the truth of it honestly and it will help us a lot as we go forward in feeling more confident more comfortable making decisions because i think a lot of times we we worry about making a decision because we're worried that we'll fail like yeah. we only there's only we only see two outcomes either i succeed or i fail and that's rarely the case. And, and a good example of this from our own life is Sheldon and I, when we first started our first business, that's the way we thought about it. It was like, hey, well, we'll succeed or we'll fail, right? We started this Kickstarter. We didn't raise as much funds as we thought we would to actually get it funded. And so you could consider that a failure. But then what happened from that was some others invited us to do a Kickstarter with them because we had done it before. And so the results were different than we'd expected and maybe not the percentage we had expected, but I also wouldn't call it a failure. I think it led to something else, which led to something else, which led to something else, which led us to being here. If we'd never done that first business together, we would never have done this podcast. She goes into, and I feel this is the, some of the most powerful thinking and actions you can take in the book about the, just kind of like our nature and how that relates to habits, right? And if we can, somehow tie the good reward of things with a good process and not necessarily the outcome, then that completely changes our ability to grow and think in bets, as she calls it. So an example of this would be, we all say to ourselves, like, I, I wish I didn't compare myself to others, which I think is like the ideal. We don't, right? Because it's not healthy, but we do. <laughs> it's like kind of human nature. Comparison right? is, it is a... Uh part of our human nature. It is yeah, built into right. us, right? It's part of the our competitive nature. So she suggests, why don't you, if you're going to compare, because we all are, right? Compare it in ways that's beneficial to your positive self view. So rather than comparing to like win loss, compare yourself on how good you are at admitting you're wrong or how good you are at complimenting others when they do something right. And these things that it's less tied to the outcome and more the process of things. And I'm, I'm struggling because I feel this idea very powerful, a, but not the easiest to wrap my head around. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like embracing your true nature, but doing it in a very positive way. Right. Uh, it's knowing that, Hey, I'm going to compare, but what if I just change what I'm comparing? And so it's rather than trying to stop caring about it, you start thinking, okay, if I'm, I'm going to be the best at complimenting others, I'm going to be the best at taking credit for, for what I've done wrong, right. For recognizing, okay, where did I go wrong and how can I improve? So typically when we win, we love to just say like, I'm so great. I did everything right. But I think it's, it's better to say like, okay, I won. How could I do better the next time? Looking at every opportunity to learn and and calculating your success based on how much you're learning out of every experience, rather than patting yourself on the back and saying, you're amazing. I did it. I'm a good decision maker. I'm the best. (laughs) She talks about the the habit process of there being a cue, a response, and a reward. Yeah. It's from Charles Duhigg's book, Power of Habit, that she references it. But essentially, what he points out in that book is that there are three parts to the habit loop. There's the cue, routine, reward, right? And routines, yeah, as routine. we know, are really just habits. <laughs> well, that's the action part of the habit, I should say. We call a cue a trigger. You can, you know, a lot of things that you could reference these things as, but there's really only three parts to a habit loop and it's cue, routine, reward. And what she's suggesting is that rather than trying to change that habit loop, because it's not possible, uh, you embrace the habit loop and you change the reward. You either change the routine or you change the reward or both, right? To create and generate new habits to kind of hack into your current habit loop. So that it's the same reason that they suggest that when you're trying to build a new habit, you need to find a habit that you already have and replace it, fill in another habit. So it's using the same cues. It's kind of a shortcut to habit building. Leveraging a cue you already have to trigger a different routine. Power of habit, Charles Duhigg. How habits work. Yes. How habits work. Exactly. Okay. As we wrap this one up, there's a couple of things, right? Just remember, there's a few things out of this. We're really, and I would suggest you go get the book if you haven't read it yet or listen to it. It's awesome. And such great information in there, but this gives you kind of a brief intro and an action you can start taking now to start making better decisions today. First is the quality of your decisions is not determined by the results. Every decision is a bet. So start realizing that. <laughs> and then the, the action step that you're going to take is thinking in percentages or thinking in probabilities rather than, and, and not just thinking in that, but practicing talking about it that way. So declaring, set, declaring yes. your confidence and probability of yeah. a certain outcome or decision. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than being like, I'm certain, or I'm, I'm positive you know how there's an old quote, like only fools are positive. Well, now you know why, right? Because <laughs> it's impossible. You can't be hundred percent positive. You want to be like, Hey, I'm 99%. Like the best you could do is 99%. Like I'm 99% sure this is going to work. Bet your house okay. on it. And, and the last thing that I really want you to remember here is you never have all the information. Everything in life is a bet because you never have all the information. There's always some outlying element you didn't think of, you didn't consider. And it's much better when you think about it this way, because it allows you to move forward without fear of the unknown, because you know, there's always unknown. If only for the sheer fact that everybody has agency and choice to, to, <laughs> to do something crazy or dumb. 
<laughs> yes, you can't control what's happening all around you. All you can control is or your a decisions. hurricane or COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sickness, weather, other people. Like there's just too many elements to consider. So this will help you be a better decision maker. It's already started to help me rethink how I make decisions, and has honestly lifted a lot of the pressure off of making bad decisions because I I know in, in advance like okay everything's a chance so if i'm making this and i think i you know i got 80% 90% chance of success that's a very good bet and it might not go my way still there's still that 10% chance it won't it gives you the the ability to accept that there's a level of doubt in everything you do and and it, yeah, that's just very comforting <laughs> <laughs> right i know that's it kind of backwards to think of it that way but it is because right now you think i either succeed or i fail and that's much scarier then I got a 90% chance of succeeding. <laughs> One's 50-50 in your mind and the other is 90%. <laughs> Sheldon, you got anything to add? No. <laughs> okay. Well, then I just want to thank everybody for being with us this long. As you know, we've changed our name to Habit Masters. We have a new course coming out in a few weeks. I'm very excited about it. It's called Habit Masters. Imagine that. And it's all about <laughs> mastering the art of building habits. So we teach you fundamentals of habit building and how those work with your brains, work with your, with your brains, work with your brain and your natural abilities to develop habits easier and make them stickier in your life. So if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, give us a review, subscribe. And guess what? We have a free book we're giving away the gap in the game. Go claim it from our website. It's on the homepage. Just type in your name and then we'll email you for the rest of your life. Uh, no, just kidding. We won't, but we won't. You'll get good info from us. And if you don't want it, you can unsubscribe. So be excited this year. We're really going to focus in on habits and we're going to have tons of guests on and, and focus on what they do to build great habits in their life and how those habits have led to success for them in all realms. Habits are the key to achieving any goal. Let's go build some habits. Make the change you want. <laughs>